This nation are now at risk. Today, the Supreme Court overturned the 50-year precedent of Roe v. Wade in a 6-3 split decision. This wasn't something that people didn't see coming as the memo had leaked a few months ago and we had extensively covered it on the channel, but it finally happening sent a shockwave amongst both the pro-life and pro-choice community. On this video, I'm going to be sharing my own reaction to this historic ruling that happened today and addressing some of the misinformation that's spreading around this topic. Bruce Lawrence. Now, this is a topic we've covered extensively on the channel. If you guys want to go way back in the day, I actually sit down with one of my friends who identifies as a pro-choice Christian. We have, I don't know, hour-long discussion on this very set topic. I've covered this extensively about guys like Joe Rogan seemingly changing their mind. So we've talked about this on the channel. I'll link those videos below. I'm going to give you guys my initial thoughts, my initial reaction, how some of this is going to be straw man, how I think ultimately this is going to create more polarization, but this is a huge opportunity for the church. And that's the point I really, 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 really want to drive home. The argument goes like this. This now limits what people, autonomous humans, can do with their bodies, specifically women, specifically this negatively disproportionately affects poor women. This is going to negatively impact women because women can't do what they want with their bodies. And oftentimes it's poor women that get the short end of the stick. I think it's important to note that overturning Roe v. Wade, it doesn't make it illegal nationally. It just reverts it back to the states. Yes, there are about a a dozen states that are going to automatically make it illegal. And then there's going to be other states like Florida and Mississippi and Texas that are going to highly, highly, highly restrict it, probably at the six weeks span, maybe even more so. Maybe there'll be more restrictions. And then you'll have states like California and New York who will have the loosest laws. The argument that this is going to limit the rights of women, the argument that forced motherhood is woman enslavement. Here's how I'm going to be completely honest and frank with you guys. Much like the trans sports issue, which I just had Joshua on and we debated the idea of puberty blockers for children for two hours. So don't come at me like I don't have these discussions regularly. If I have to choose the lesser of two evils, and let's just assume that women having forced kids, which we're going to unpack further, is against their will, is enslavement. If I have to choose between those two options, biologically born men competing in women's sports and now not being allowed to anymore with swimming, and that negatively impacts a marginalized community, or women who now lose opportunity to compete and get scholarships. I'm going to go with the women who are biologically born women that are going to lose opportunity if we allow the unfair advantage. And in the same way, if we're just going to position this as a women are losing their rights, oh my gosh, the sky is falling because a woman can't can't have an abortion elective procedure at will whenever they want. That's bad. That's the, the, the logic is that's bad. It's not my logic. I'm just saying that's the logic. That's bad. Or we get to protect vulnerable babies and children in the womb. I'm going to go with protecting the the vulnerable children and 50% of women in the womb. I think that's a beyond reasonable conversation. And I think some seldom that these conversations actually happen within the, the confines of logic. Okay. Now, now furthermore, there's a ton of misinformation happening about this ex- exact topic, meaning like back alley, uh, hangers are going to be used. Okay. Okay. What, what folks don't know is that the majority of these 
procedures are are happening with a pill now, okay? Because technology has came so far that these women are still going to go and travel to states where they can get said pills for this thing, right? So this isn't this isn't the reality that we're coming back to. And furthermore, I think it's important to note that a, a lot has changed since the 1970s when this initially got passed. What am I talking about? Oh, I don't know, something called a sonogram, something called an ultrasound. Uh, that arrived, and it ultimately led to a 1980s movie which completely set the pro-life movement ablaze, and it was called The Silent Screams. I'll link that in the description. If you're willing to have a logical conversation with me, if we're looking at that side of it, you can go. And what happened was in the 1980s, this movie came out promoted by and featuring a doctor that was a pro-choice doctor who completely flipped as he discovered more information and as technology evolved and discovered that, whoa, there's actually a human in there. How? Well, because sonograms and ultrasounds were introduced. So the 1980s movie called The Silent Scream actually shows this procedure being done on a 12-week fetus and what it actually looks like. And it's called The Silent Scream because it's it's very, very dark. And so if you want to hold the position of I'm a pro-choice Christian, I go, okay, you know what? At least go and look at all of the facts and look at what's the information that's changed from 1970 to now and all the variables that have been introduced and everything we know now that we didn't know then before you make this position of like, this is a sad day for women. Now, furthermore, I also think it's ironic that folks who have trouble defining what a woman is also have trouble defining what a human life is all of a sudden care about women. Make that make sense to me. Okay, you can't define what this is, but now this is an attack on women, but you can't define what the woman is, and you can't define what a human life is. This just sounds like a bunch of mental gymnastics and nonsensical circular reasoning about stuff that really doesn't impact anybody. And if we're going to talk about just the bare bones of biology, 2022, you can't figure out how your cycle works. You can't figure out to not have... I don't know, unprotected sex. You can't, you can't, you're mad that Hot Girl Summer is canceled and now you're not just letting random dudes smash and being cool with ending those pregnancies. By the way, ironically, those pregnancies very seldom get ended when it's a high earner. Right. There's so many contradictions and so much of it is connected to this radical, wild sexual revolution, hyper feminism movement that we get away just from the actual biology and the common sense nature about this. So here's a few facts about this that maybe you guys didn't know. Okay, United States actually is one of seven nations that has elective abortion past 20 weeks. One of seven. The vast majority of European nations have a restriction of around 12 weeks. If you guys didn't know, 45% of women who have this procedure done have previously had it done. Previously. That means this is a reoccurring theme. When you factor in the worst of the worst of the worst situations when it comes to SA, when it comes to incest, when it comes to the, the mother's life is at risk. When you factor in all those variables, that accounts for less than 4% of folks who are doing this procedure, right? If this procedure, you know, less than 4%. So what we're really doing is we're arguing for the, for, the, for the far end of the spectrum and we're trying to pull the far end of the spectrum and then normalize it as this is good to human flourishing for everybody. And it doesn't add 
up. In the same way we reacted to Judah Smith's clip of him saying masturbation was quote-unquote a gift. Why? Because in a specific context, maybe a man who's away from his wife for a year because he's a soldier and he's deployed and she's in on it and they're talking and right in a specific context could it be you okay maybe in a very specific context it could be permissible okay but to take that permissible context and then generalize it and or prescribe it and and, and go crazy ham with it is just disingenuous to what the actual conversation is about. And what is the conversation actually about? The conversation is about, is that a human in there? Yes or no? And if it's not a human, then at least say so. And if it's not a human, then define for me when it has become a human. You, but you, you again, we, we, we don't know what a human is. I don't know when it's uh, uh, feasible, life, uh, uh, viable, outside... You can't, you can't, you can't, def, you can't even make the, the clear definitions of what we're talking about. And so what happens then? Then what happens is a bunch of misinformation starts spreading. And this is one of the most tragic things because this, this actually gets folks that are kind of like in the middle, don't quite understand. They're empathetic because they don't, they, they, they really don't want to go out there and, and be viewed as like a, you know, a bigot and by the world and a closed minded person. Right. So, so they, they genuinely are like, yo, this is sad because this DNC procedure, which is similar to what happens now that that's out so all women who have miscarriages well they can't that, that, what is this going to do for miscarriages fam that's misinformation i'll prove it to you okay my daughter recently suffered a miscarriage okay she ended up having a dnc procedure she was devastated and is still grieving would this procedure be considered an, the same thing okay a, a dnc procedure for miscarriage is being lumped into this. This is misinformation. This is this is trying to lie to you. Here's a response. Those are not the same thing. Not the same thing. And it's currently working. So this is the ACOG is currently working to spread this message to doctors, pharmacists, and other stakeholders. The goal is to make sure patients can be treated without fear of litigation. Okay. This is nowhere near connected to the 19, uh, excuse me, the 1849 law. This is completely different. So there's a lot of misinformation that's spreading about this very topic. And it's unfortunate because again, you're using the most radical extremes. Oh, it's a mis- And then you're pulling in a DNC is a procedure that m- women have after they've had a miscarriage which is a completely tragic event to, to, to have and I know women who've, who've had miscarriages and have had to have this DNC and it's very traumatic so to, so to, to lump this in it's just completely nonsensical. To lump in any other issue with this is 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 just not reasonable. It's not fair. And we're, again, we're not talking logic. We're not talking, uh, let's have objective conversations. We're talking my truth, your truth. I feel it's a baby, but it's not a baby. All the double standards with the legalities of laws. If someone is pregnant and harm comes to the baby, they can get charged for the double murder. If someone is pregnant and they choose to end the pregnancy themselves, will they have the right to... Like, there's so many nonsensical, logical fallacies with regards to this, and seldom are we really willing to have these conversations, because if we're being honest, what it really comes down to is, what is the lesser of two evils? And if you factor in hyperfeminism, not feminism in the sense that men and women are equal, but hyperfeminism, if you factor in the radical sex revolution, the, 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 the logic is, well, it's the lesser of two evils to, to, to permit this act 
make it make it legal but unnecessary so that a woman could have the rest of her life and her future to go on. But do I need to tell you how many folks were almost terminated in this way that have gone on to do incredible things that I think if we're honest would admit that, gosh, darn it, I'm glad that I at least had a shot at life, even if it may have been a hard life, even if I may have been in poverty, even if I may have been without my father in my life, at least I had a shot. At least I had a shot at life. We don't, we don't factor in those stories because those people are hypothetically not people. What are we talking about? And so, is this an all-out war on women? No, I think this is a war with the desire to protect children because children should have rights. Very simple conversation. Very simple conversation. And so, if you are a follower of Jesus, now hear me loud and clear. This is where it's going to get uncomfortable when it's somewhere where you guys are going to not, not like me anymore. If you're a follower of Jesus, praise God, people of faith already, already adopt at two and a half times the rate of the regular, of the secular population. Okay. If you're a person of faith, I implore you. I implore you, this is an opportunity for us because these people are, are going to be upset. There's already protests. We're already getting dismissed as bigots and women haters and all the nonsense. But if if we as a community, two, two different sides here, okay, two different sides. One side is support the pregnancy resource centers, support legislation to make adoption easier, support all of those things so that we can we can create environments and, 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 and support systems for these women that are terrified and if you don't if you know a woman has gone through this it is terrifying to go through these types of situations we need to we need to create systems to support these women okay and we need to create systems where these babies can be raised the se- the other side of this is the personal side where you and me hear me loud and clear yes we live in a dark world but you and me need to build our lives in a way where when and if the opportunity presents itself where you can take a child in that's not biologically yours that your life is set up in a way where you can do that. Why? Because the church has historically done that. When the Roman Empire would discard babies that they found as non-necessary and they would throw them in the rivers, it was the Christians that would bring in these children and raise them. And I think we need to come back to that. I think we need to be known as people who are really, really pro-life. Where, hey man, I'm building my life, maybe not when I'm 18, 19, 20, I get it, your life is just starting. But when you're 35, when you're my age, fam, you should be able to to at least be in a financial situation to help out if the opportunity presents itself and or to be that father in that single mother's life. Not because you have to, but because you get to. Because God is a father to the fatherless. And one of the things I think we can do and we can be a part of is to also become fathers to the fatherless. So this is an opportunity for the church that we can't just make this another culture war issue, victory, all that. Like, listen, we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We get to build our lives not as, as, as prepping for the end of the world and building bunkers, but as building larger tables so we could have more people around us to enjoy the goodness and the blessing that the God has showed us so that we can be a blessing to other people. And this, this, is, this is controversial because you go, oh, my. listen, we could, if, if, if we as followers of Jesus were more, more known by as the people that brought in children, that took care of children, regardless on the decisions of the mother's, if we were known by that, 
and not just folks that were anti, uh, anti-pro-choice, but we were actually known as folks who were pro-life. And see, that, that requires a lot of work on our part because now I actually have to build my life in a way that makes a difference. And so extra credit assignment, extra credit points. I want you guys to go and read Jeremiah chapter 29. I can't get into all of it, okay? I can't get into all of it. But if you read Jeremiah chapter 29, you'll find that Jeremiah is in a very peculiar time under Babylonian exile and the instructions that are given to him in in terms of how he should live should inspire you if we're going to parallel we're living in a quote-unquote modern day Babylon. You can go in and you can glean from that. I want to leave you guys with one passage and ultimately uh, don't take this as as anything personal. Don't take this as as, as an attack on you. This has been happening since the beginning of time. This was happening in in the times of the Bible, right? And Christians have always been very anti this act. So this is Romans um, chapter 21. So this will give you some insight to to, to the to the st- psychology of what's happening here, to the mindset of what's happening. So here you got Paul, he's writing the church of Rome, and he says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being, bir- a human being and birds and animals. God gave them over. It's because there's a spiritual blindness, and though they, they, they're they appearing to be wise, they've became foolish and suppressed the truth of God, and that a human life is a human life. Whether it's a, a little baby fetus, whether it's 12 weeks, whether it's 20 weeks, or whether it's a newborn baby, a human life is a human life, and we have to acknowledge it as such, and so this isn't an attack on women. No one's trying to take out women and limit what women could do. This is saying, hey, um, there's no precedent for this legally. This is not okay. And it's not just your body, your choice. There's actually another body in there and there's actually another human in there. And I think it's reasonable to say that human should be protected even if you have to put your dreams on hold because, well, unfortunately, you made some rough choices. But as the church, we'll come alongside of you. We'll help you. We'll be the hands and feet of Jesus because we love you and we're going to extend the grace and the mercy that was extended to us. Guys, if you guys want to hear my long-form conversation on on this, me debating a friend of mine. This is somebody I consider a friend. I'm still friends with uh, pro-choice Christian. You could see that. And if you want to see uh, uh, my thoughts on this regarding to Joe Rogan potentially changing his mind, you can see here. Um, you guys could challenge me. If you are a pro-choice Christian, maybe I'll even open up the calls. You call in, give me all the smoke. You guys know we're about the smoke here. All right? I love you guys. Peace.